Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, and today we have a very, very extra special guest, Ring Skirts. You probably know him on Twitter, at Ring Skirts, for all the fun, collectible stuff he posts, and belts, and the Wrestle Cave, and we'll get into all that stuff in a second. Eric will probably be back here next week. Um, this is just scheduling again, back and forth conflict, all the other stuff, and plus we had a guest today. Ended up talking for a long time, so it's basically a full show. We're going to get to our guest ring skirts in a second. Uh, Nate or Nathan, I forgot to ask him when he preferred to go by, but we'll just call him ring skirts. You could follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you happen to be an iTunes user and want to go on and leave a review for us, that would be great. It helps people find us, come up in searches when looking for fun, positive wrestling talk, and that's what we do. You can also support the show if you head over to whatmaneuver.net, pick up the I Never Complain Online t-shirt, and as a reminder, if you buy a shirt, you're welcome to come on the show and pick a topic, and we're a little backlogged on that, but we will get there at some point in the future. Not too much to get into uh, before we get going with our guest, because like I said, we talked for a long time. It was a lot of easy conversation. I think you guys will really enjoy it, especially if you're collectors or if you're a fan of ridiculous wrestling details like he and I both are. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Ring Skirts. Please follow him. It will not be disappointed. There's so much content he posts all the time with pictures and posing and random classic matches. Like, who who poses figures from a Bret Hart Isaac Yankum cage match? Who does that? I'll tell you who does. Ring Skirts. <laughs> so follow him on Twitter. So rather than going back and forth and all that other stuff, I'm just going to go right to our guest. Here is Ring Skirts. All right, and now we have him on the line. You probably know him, uh, as I mentioned earlier, as at Ringskirts on Twitter. How's it going, man? Oh, very well, very well, Steve. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, those who don't know Nathan or Nate, wherever you want to be called, and I have been talking on Twitter for a while trying to get this this thing going, and it's just schedules didn't work out, and one time we were supposed to do it, and my garage door broke, so appreciate uh, this working out for us. Uh, we hey, want... the moon and the stars are in alignment. Yeah, the Kamala moon and the Kamala stars. <laughs> uh, so the reason I wanted to have him come on is because I found your Twitter account. I forgot even how I found it. I think uh, maybe through the fully posable show or, or something. But I found you. I Most found likely. your. I found your show and or your your Twitter account with your crazy amount of wrestling memorabilia and collectibles you have and all the. The figure posing you do and stuff like that, so you're just a fun follow, guys. Again, it's at Ringskirts if you want to follow him for all sorts of crazy wrestling memorabilia. And I want to have you on to talk collecting uh, wrestling stuff. We've done shows before about toys and video games and not necessarily about memorabilia collection. So I wanted to have you on to talk about that. So I guess let's just get started. You've got a crazy what you call the, the Wrestle Cave, right? Is that in your basement or family room or your house? 
Yeah, that's the basement uh, <laughs> level of our new house that we got about uh, oh, a year and a half ago. And it was one of the key things when we were shopping for houses. Mm-hmm. My fiance said he has to have a space for all this stuff. Just to put all your crap, your wrestling crap, mm-hmm. so it doesn't bleed into the house. So, we, so my, it doesn't bleed into the house. Well, my wife and I were shopping too. We didn't find a basement, but I actually stole the master bedroom <laughs> for it, nice. for all my stuff. Uh, because as, as she put it, if it's all in one room, it won't bleed out to the rest of the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've got a, one of the first thing I want to talk to you about is you've got a huge collection of belts, which is awesome. Uh, when did that start? Because that's not a cheap collection hobby or anything like that. When did that start, and how did it grow to what it is now? Well, as I tell a lot of people, a lot of people see my belt collection, and they're in awe, and they know how expensive they are, and they're like, how do you do that? The answer is time, patience, and steadily collecting. Yeah. Um, I got I got my first belt in, I believe it was 2001, right when Figures Toy Company started releasing the belts through the WWF line. I started saving up my money. I was working a part-time job in high school and my mom actually surprised me and got it for my birthday. And which I one think was, it was that? my which belt was that? That was the the Attitude Era. Okay. The Big Eagle Attitude Era belt. Mm-hmm. So that was my first one back in 2001, I think it was. And then it just kind of slowly added I'd get one once a year for Christmas. I would hunt online and try to find ones on eBay that I wanted or that were rare or that weren't being produced anymore. And if I found it at the right price, I jumped at it. And so how many do you have total? Do you know off the top of your head? How many belts? <sighs> Let me count. So <laughs> that should tell you all you need to know if you have to count. <laughs> I have 36 right now. Oh, my goodness. So you have, obviously, the tag belts. you got to have two. You can't just have one, right? Yes, that's one of my obsessions. If I buy tag belts, I'm getting a set of them. So I have um, two sets of WCW, a uh, set of NWA, and a set of classic WWF right now. I've asked this to other people before when I've talked with my co-host. He's more of a toy collector than I am. And I mm-hmm. have a, a small collection. Just And we couldn't really put, the, put a finger on it, so maybe you can. Like, Why did you... Just why do you collect this wrestling stuff? Like, I mean, you collect anything. At the end of the day, it's just sitting up and you're looking at it. You know, why did you start collecting? What What was the reason behind it? And why do you to be continue, honest, and why do you continue to collect? Right? It was wrestling stuff that got me into wrestling. Oh wow! So yeah, I mean, I had been introduced to wrestling here and there, but I remember one day my cousin came over with his Hasbro figures, and. It, like, it stunned me how fun they were in the infinite kind of play possibilities that you could have. I mean, if you're going to play with some other toy line, um, <laughs> there's different play you could get, but wrestling, I think, is particularly unique because every time you get a new wrestling figure, it's like an infinite amount of new possibilities that you can play with. I mean, it's like exponential. That new wrestler times however many other ones you have it's how many new match possibilities you have. So I got hooked into the memorabilia kind of before I got into wrestling. And has the memorabilia kept you involved throughout the years of wrestling, or did you kind of involved in just to being a big fan? Because I was kind of the opposite. I started a fan first, and I started, oh, there's toys with this? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, I guess they go hand in hand. I mean, I never got out of it. My 
my heart is always with the stuff that I grew up with, but mm-hmm. I followed consistently since probably the early nineties. Yeah. And then you're just, you're adding stuff pretty much almost, it, it seems like weekly you're grabbing something almost. I know it's not yeah. that high, but it, you're adding stuff all the time. Uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. I mean, weekly, um, especially with searching for the Mattel figs, they're pushing out so much so often. You, um, are you getting up, everything or are you just, are you pretty selective nowadays? Are you just grabbing pretty much everything that comes out? Um, I don't get absolutely everything. Uh, it's just not worth it for me, but I do get, I try to get everybody in elite form when they come out. Mm-hmm. And I'll get pretty much any legend, whether it's basic or elite or whatever. Yeah. With with go back to your belts really quick. We we were talking on Twitter a little bit earlier about a couple weeks ago about how it drives us nuts about the WWF WWE block logo with the oh, new stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> For those who don't know what we're talking about, so when the WWF turned to WWE, they basically have changed their history and gone back and airbrushed. <laughs> every old WWF block logo to make it say WWE, which is kind of ridiculous. And then the new belts, like the new winged eagle belt, for example, from the, from the nineties and the late eighties is now in block form. So you have the original block or old WWF logo belts and the old WCW and NWA logo belts. That being said, which one do you have a favorite belt that you own right now? Um, well, let me take a couple steps back as sure. far as, the logo deal, as I had mentioned, that's something that drove me nuts. Oh, it still angers me to this day. <laughs> um, and it actually, I mean, it caused me a lot of anxiety with my belt collecting when they stopped releasing the F logo. Yep. It started with the scratch logo. So all of a sudden I went on the hunt and I'm like, if I'm going to get these scratch logo belts, I need to get them now before they become years and years out of print. And when they came out with the new WWE block logo ones, I was glad that I had already gotten my F block logo ones in my collection. So which one's your so, favorite belt? <laughs> so my favorite belt, um, I got to go with the winged eagle. That's the one I grew up with, mm-hmm. the one I grew up idolizing, and that'll always be my favorite. Now, this, I guess, would be more of a question you would know as an expert collector type of thing. So there's different variations of these belts that, that are released there's just the the commemorative ones which is basically hard plastic and fake leather or extra fake leather i guess and then there's the replica ones which are probably the most common and then there's the deluxe edition a, a, a replicas which are closer to what you'd see on tv do you sure. have just the regular replicas any deluxe replicas which ones do you have um i have mostly the regular replicas and i have a couple deluxe ones. So what's the difference? Can you notice a difference as, as when you have the two in your hand? So, yeah, the only real difference is the thickness of the plates mm-hmm. and the bag that it comes in. Other than that, they use the same strap, I think. Actually, that's not true. The, the deluxe ones, I think, have an actual leather strap. Mm-hmm. So they end up being a little floppier. They're not quite as stiff. Um, the replica belts compared with the commemorative belts actually have the exact same strap. It's just plastic versus metal plates. So if someone's and looking for a belt, would you rec- is it worth it for that extra premium charge, or is it okay just to have just the regular replicas, in your opinion? For me, I'm okay with just the regular repli- replicas. I'm okay having the metal and being happy with that. Now, one thing to keep in mind, if you're getting a modern belt, like the current World Heavyweight belt that they have, 
those ones are pretty much like deluxe replicas. They have thick plates already anyways, mm -hmm. which is why they're at kind of a higher price point. Um, here's a pitch for the original regular replicas. When you get them, they come flat. They don't have a curve like the actual belts do, yeah. which is something that always kind of annoyed me. But with those thinner plates, you can actually put it over your knee and give them the bend uh, that they're actually supposed to have. And I think it actually makes a big difference to making them look a lot better. When you get the the uh, the more deluxe ones with the thicker plates, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to bend those plates at all. I'm glad you brought that up. Have you ever done, uh, for uh, belt collectors, probably know the shaving cream trick? With with the ability of your belts, really quick for those yes, people who don't know, those people who don't know, um, when you see belts on TV, you'll notice like when Austin or The Rock threw it up, the belt would kind of flap, and that's because it's made of real leather. So the belts that you get replica wise are pretty tough, like you mentioned. You have to break them in a little bit. There's videos online of people taking the plates off of the belt, literally rubbing shaving cream on the straps, dragging it off, putting it back, and it makes it nice and. Floppy. I've never done it with my belt, my because my wife bought me one a couple years ago for my birthday, and I've never done it because I just paranoid it'll completely ruin it. Have you ever done the shaving cream trick? <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit I have done the shaving cream trick once. Okay, did it work? Um, not, not for what it was intended to, but it did something good. So the. Belts, the replica belts have changed over the years. Mm -hmm. When they were first released in like 2000, 2001, the strap was like extra stiff. It didn't feel like leather at all. It was kind of a almost plasticky feel to it. And the more the newer belts that came out around 2005-ish had a better synthetic leather that was closer to actual leather. Mm -hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, those newer ones, those straps are really nice to begin with. Um, my original belt, the, uh, attitude era one, I took the plates off. I did the shaving cream trick. It did nothing except it helped me to dust off the strap. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't, so it didn't make it softer it. or anything like that. Well, it's possible that it only works on the newer belts, like you said, because it is a different strap nowadays. So that that's possible too, I guess. As far as I'm concerned, the main reason that the straps tend to not be so flexible is the replicas have a layer of cardboard, I think, between the uh, mm -hmm. the fake leather, okay. which kind of makes it a little stiff. Okay. That's why if you've ever heard, there's another trick called the bucket trick. No. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Let's, let's, let's explain it for those who are looking for some tricks for their bells. Okay. I would not recommend the bucket trick, but there's a trick called the bucket trick where you take all your plates off and you soak your strap in a bucket of water. Basically, what happens is, is the cardboard in between gets wet, eventually rots, and your belt can get get more flexible. Mm -hmm. But then you're exposing your belt to rust and rot, and yeah. I really wouldn't recommend it. What about some of those belts you have, like the NWA ones, which obviously aren't made through like WWE Shop or whatever? How do those compare to some of these ones that are so more common? The NWA ones I have are from a company called it was called Premier Belts, and they just did kind of NWA belts, and they had a couple uh, of generic replica belts. They are – I like the strap better than the WWE replica ones. They're a lot more flexible. They're kind of rubbery. Uh, the plates are beautiful and have nice etching as far as I'm concerned. The only problem I have with them is my original NWA belt I've had for uh, maybe eight years or so. 
and the straps starting to rot. Mm -hmm. So where there's stress points where you fold the belt and things like that, it's starting to shred a little bit. Um, Luckily, there's a website, uh, AJ's Belts, that I go to that sells replacement straps for a reasonable cost. With with these belts, you've got them all displayed kind of, like you said, you, you... I'm trying to think of the word. You fold them up and you and you not fold them, but you know what I'm talking about. So they're displayed on a shelf. Uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of almost use the uh, the Hasbro ring method. Like, yeah, if there was a nice little tube there, I set them up like that. Do you have any of these any autographs in any of your belts? I'm very against that. Okay. I have no autographs on my belts. Why are you? Why I like are you to keep it? my belts. I like to keep my belts. I know they're not actual belts, mm-hmm. but. I like to keep them close to being actual belts and no wrestler I know has an autographed belt. You know, that's, that's true. That's true. I was telling my wife about that because she gave me the attitude arrow one and actually I have it, um, mounted above my TV because our TV's on the wall and there's about a, a gap in between the wall and the ceiling that's perfect for it. And I actually use two guitar hangers to hang it up on the wall. Okay. And, uh, so it's basically laid out flat. And I told her, I go, the only person I'll ever get that autograph for is if I meet the rock and if I meet Austin, they autograph on each side. So that's it. Those are like the two exceptions to the rule. I'd say for my autograph rule for the belt. But other than that, I'm with you. Sure. Sure. Even with, I have a handful of props that I've either bought or made things like that. Mm-hmm. And I even like question that. Like if I, one of my favorite things is I made this arrogance atomizer for a replica of what the model had. Yeah. And even if I met him, if I'm going to get an autograph, I'm probably going to get an 8x10 over having him right over top of that. Yeah, and plus, I mean, that would be kind of hard to sign on with maybe a Sharpie or a paint pen or something. It would be pretty tough to sign on to make it look good. Sure. The the belt thing's interesting enough with you guys. And, again, follow him on Twitter, guys, at Ring Skirts, and you can see pictures that are posted pretty much every few hours it seems like you got your post stuff on twitter um then we've got the whole other area of your collection which is the figures which you mentioned a little bit uh you also do a lot of posing with with photos and things like that of different matches in the past how did that get started with you it's think of it guys as, as stop motion but not really think of it as just like stills remember the old pay-per-views when the night after pay-per-view they wouldn't show the match they would just show stills from the pay-per-view on raw think of it like that like here's the match between bret hart and isaac Gankum. here's the stills from the match how did that get yeah, started cur- courtesy of wf magazine exactly right? exactly <laughs> um i've actually done that for years i think when i got my first digital camera i would take kind of pictures of my matches and i used to spend a lot of time over on a website called uh, wrestlingfigs.com mm-hmm. and they had a forum and I would post things there. Um, and you don't get a lot of traffic there. And when I got introduced to Twitter, I said, you know what? I'm going to go through and upload some of my old pictures that I had. And it's got a great response. It's a fun way to kind of enjoy my figures. I like to have them out. I like to feel them. I like to pose them. Um, it's how I relax, unwind, and have fun. How? So maybe you can help my co-host who's not here today, but – he was talking about, you know, seeing your stuff and other people's stuff and how some of those poses, like, how do you get him in that pose? Is there any tricks or secrets you want to spill about keeping wrestlers in certain poses for, like, a suplex or, or whatever to get the photo? Is there Photoshopping involved? What, what are you doing? A lot of the – there are some people that have mastered the art, and okay. I am not one of them. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll give a plug to Matt Goldberg. He does some animations and some figure poses. They're amazing. 
and I know that he will use like strings and stuff and edit them out. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. <laughs> Mine is like practical effects. If you, you see a guy getting suplex, I've actually taken the time. I've made the, the measurements, got my protractor out and done the physics to get the figure to hold the other figure in a, in a vertical suplex. Now, granted, a lot of that was a lie. I don't use a protractor or anything like that. <laughs> but I do actually set the figures up. So when you're seeing the picture, there's no tricks there. Mm-hmm. The only trick I'll use is if you see, like, a guy jumping in the air or something. Mm-hmm. I'm actually literally holding it with my other hand, and I just crop my hand and my fingers out. Okay. Uh, and so basically you're telling me it takes a lot of patience to be able to do it. Um, and a yeah. flat ground, hopefully. Exactly. A flat ring, a uh, good surface, no earthquakes. And you know what? I've been, I've been playing with wrestling toys for a long time. So I got a lot of experience. <laughs> Have you ever thought about, uh, doing some posing stuff with your Hasbros? Um, I've thought of it. They're just kind of limited as far as posing because you're just going to kind of have them next to each other. But yeah. Do have this dream, which I came up with recently. I kind of want to make a Hasbro scale custom ring that I can deck out with the uh, four pay per view ring skirts and change them out seasonally. Mm-hmm. So would and with that ring, thinking, would you would you put a canvas on it? Or would it be the plastic Hasbro? No, I'm talking about a completely custom made ring with okay. a like custom made canvas. Awesome. That that'd be something. Um, so keep going. If you get time, that's what I'd want to see as a as someone who follows your stuff for free. Go ahead and do that for me. Yeah, a few years down the road, I'm going to have a custom Hasbro only arena. That's going to happen. Do you have pretty much all the Hasbros? Or are you still collecting those? Oh, talking about Grails, I have a couple Hasbro Grails that I need. That I need. Okay, well, right. what's your Hasbro Holy Grail you need? The Mail Away Red Hogan. I never got a hold of that. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it in the magazine as a kid, and it was like, I think nine ninety five. Right. But at that time, nine ninety five might as well have been two hundred dollars to me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's no way I'm paying ten bucks for a Hulk Hogan repay." <laughs> yeah. And the other one is the the Undertaker with the coat. What are those going for right now in the secondary market? If you were to find one, like three four hundred bucks. I haven't looked at the Hogan with the coat. Um, when I've looked at loose, cause I'm a loose collector, I take yep. toys out of the package. I think they need to breathe and be played with. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've looked at loose red Hogan's right now, it looks like about 200 is what I see them for, mm-hmm. which is a little much for, for what I think, what I'm ready to pay. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but I follow, I'm on different face of trading groups with, with DVDs and tapes and, and toys and whatever and, and VHS tapes. And every once in a while, someone will post them like, went to the thrift store today, found this haul for like two bucks, and I get so mad that why can't my thrift store have every WrestleMania on VHS for 50 cents each? Or like these toys. Do you ever get like infuriated? Like not maliciously, but like, how did you find that? And I don't. The opposite. I don't get infuriated by it. Uh I get motivated to go to the thrift (laughs) store more often. Yep. The big one that got me, and this was probably – I don't know, a year or a year and a half ago, somebody posted that they found, are you familiar with mine? No. What's mine? George oh, yes, 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 yes. Steel? Yes. So someone posted a stuffed mine doll that they found at Goodwill, and I saw that and my mind was blown. I've informed like everybody I know, if you are in a Goodwill, 
please look for this strange, furry, long-armed, bald-headed, plushed animal. I want it. <laughs> now, was that something you didn't even know you wanted or, did, or you forgot you wanted until you saw it? <laughs> that was something I didn't even know, to be honest. It, it wasn't even on my radar until I saw someone posted that they found it at Goodwill, and I was my mind was blown, and I've been motivated to find it since. I asked what your favorite belt was. What's your favorite, we'll do two, your favorite Hasbro figure and your favorite Mattel figure? Ooh, okay. I'll give you a second um, to think. I've talked about mine before. Uh, my favorite Hasbro is going to be the Macho Man Series 1 with the sunglasses. Macho Man Series 1. Sure. Um, also, yeah. possibly The Undertaker, just because I think he had uh -huh. an awesome, he had the choke slam and he had the, the clotheslines. He had two great moves with him. For the Mattels, it's a tie probably between the Macho Man Ultimate Warrior defining moments. They both had the WrestleMania 7 gear. And mm -hmm. I also love the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 25 defining moments figure. Those oh, my with, three a, with a white robe and yep. hat, the Undertaker thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to take a step back. Sure. Let's talk a little LJN. Yo, we can't see LJN for me. I'm super. I don't have that many memories of it. I had a I had a Hogan LJN, and yeah. my dog like ate its arm one day. So that was the end of that. And pretty much, I transitioned to Hasbro right away. So you can go uh, to your, your dog's LJN. An asshole. She, he was, he was. But, I mean, that, those things were basically chew toys for dogs, let's be honest. They're rubber figures. Sure. But go ahead. Sure. What was your LGN? Start there first. So, interesting enough, I've been listening to some of your shows, and you and I kind of came into wrestling around the same time. So, I also didn't get into LJNs. I was, mm -hmm. I, would, I came into wrestling in Series 2 of Hasbro. Okay. But I had an older brother who had a handful of LJNs, he was a wrestling fan, so I kind of, I say inherited them from him, but really I just kind of took them and he didn't care. Right. And afterwards, I would find them at yard sales, and over the years, I pieced together the collection. Mm -hmm. So which is so your favorite my, out of there, yeah. My favorite has to be the the second Hogan that was released in the different pros. He has the t-shirt, and specifically the one in the red and the yellow. Okay. Absolutely love that figure. Um, clearly I'm a Hogan fan. That's mm -hmm. who got me into wrestling. That's also my favorite Hasbro would be, uh, Hogan number three in the Hulkplex pose. Is that the body slam or the, that's the body slam one, right? The press slam? No, that's that, the, the bear hug. That's the, the suplex one. Okay. Okay. So oh, he's yeah. got a hooked arm to hold yep. your head so and the I'm, other arm. I'm looking at him right now in my room. I know we, cause I've got the three next to each other. I'm looking at him right now. Yep. I see him. With, right. the, with the full bandana over his head, not just the headband, right? With the full bandana, absolutely, yeah. I think, I mean, the head looks great, the pose is great, and as far as playability, he can do pretty much any wrestling move that you're ever going to do with a Hasbro figure. Yeah, I loved the Hogan bear hug when I was a kid. Playability sucked. I just liked him. I don't know why. I just liked the bear hug when I was a kid. Oh, I have some bad feelings about that figure. That was the that was the first Hogan figure I got. Uh-huh. And the only reason was is because the only one that was on the shelf when I was got into the line, and I felt like I could do absolutely nothing with it besides a bear hug. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, you could do a pile driver or a tombstone. So you got those two yeah. things, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you had to get creative at that time. Maybe that's why I liked him so much because, like, in, I would imagine him doing different things. I, I made up a finisher for him because he couldn't do the leg drop because his legs didn't move. Where basically, since his arms came together with the spring action. He basically crushed people's heads with his two fists, and that was his finisher in my, in my Hasbro world. You know what? I always thought they should have retooled that 
to be the crush figure. If it had open hands, mm-hmm. that would have been amazing. Okay, so we got Hogan is your favorite uh, from Hasbro. What about Mattel, which is kind of a much bigger line when you think about it, but what's what about Mattel? Yeah, the Mattel's really hard because there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would have to – actually, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with that first Defining Moments Macho Man mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. First of all, I mean, it looks amazing. He's got the jacket with the frills, which is how I remember the Macho Man. Mm-hmm. And the fact that throughout the Jack's Classic Superstars line, there were a couple guys that everybody was clamoring for. One was Ricky Steamboat, who we weren't allowed to get for whatever reason. And the other was the Macho Man. And when Mattel came out with a line, they put out that Macho Man. I still remember watching the video that they released at Comic-Con where the Macho Man's actually talking about his figure. And when he first lets out that, ooh, yeah, oh, my God, the chills went down my spine. All wrestling figure fans were, like, happy in that moment. Yeah, that it's um, again, it's, it's behind me here in my room. And him and Ultimate Warrior are on their own special shelf because that's my probably my favorite match of all time. Not... There's better technical matches I've had and, and bigger fans, but for that's just right in my head of wrestling. I just love the whole story of that match. But um, can, I stop, can I stop you? Something go ahead, about go that ahead. match. Go ahead. Um, you seem to notice a lot of details. I've noticed that in your show, and yep. I want to see if you notice this detail. It's a really goofy detail, but it's the thing that I think of whenever I think of that WrestleMania match. Is have you ever noticed they do a shot of the crowd, and there's this nerdy kid with gigantic thick glasses in the crowd. And the hat that looks like a toilet, like a a poncho. It looks like a road cone on his head. Yes. Who is that guy? For years, I thought he was dressed up as ketchup. (laughs) Like it took a, it took an adult viewing for me to realize, Oh, that's like an early macho man cosplay. Yes. Yes. I know who you're talking about. I always thought he was wearing one. I thought he was special or whatever. He wasn't. He's just a kid with glasses. And two, I, I thought he was wearing like a poncho on his head. Like, I was so confused. <laughs> he probably was. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with being a man with emotions, but that dude was crying. He was. He was. I've heard rumors um, that the girls in the crowd crying were paid by W. There were plants to cry, which which would make sense to me. You think he was a plant? No, but I think the girl in the blue dress with the poofy <laughs> 90s hair was. <laughs> She's actually it's still real to him, damn it. And the, and the reason I think that with that girl, if you notice in the main event of that match, WrestleMania Seven, Hogan versus Slaughter, when Hogan wins, she is going crazy happy, and like there's no <laughs> way she's a huge Hogan fan. Yeah, but speaking of details, that Ultimate Warrior figure in that line has every detail of his costume or his his gear, from the knee yeah, pads, the knee pads yeah. with their faces, yeah, to the belt, to his duster, belt on the back. Yeah. Everything. I mean, his face isn't perfect, but everything else on that figure, I think, is perfect. This means more than this. Yeah, I mean, much more. Yep, yeah, much more than this, or whatever it is. And it's yeah. airbrushed, and it's totally '90s because that's you know what you did then is get airbrushed things. Or if I guess you're at a a boardwalk with a bunch of bad t-shirt shops, but that's <laughs> it's it's just great. And I'm not going to gush over. I, t- I keep telling my coworkers, him and I love that match, and. One day we're going to do like a three-hour show dissecting that match like second by second and the whole build and everything. So maybe around WrestleMania this year we'll finally do that. It would be wonderful. I, I have this theory that like Warrior, Jimmy Hart, and Rick Rude like knew one airbrush guy that did all this stuff. It's possible. It's possible. Did you get – speak? We'll, we'll skip ahead a little bit. So I saw you went to Hogan's Beat Shop 
Um, yeah. Did you get to? That was on my honeymoon, by the way. <laughs> did you get to meet? It, it, like, was Jimmy Hart there or anything? Was Hogan there? Or it was just it was just the place to, to check out. No, there's a there's a mannequin of Jimmy Hart. There. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's three mannequins of Hogan, but no, they weren't actually there. I think they only show up for like special signing mm-hmm. events. Um, so no, it was actually just me, my wife and the woman that worked there, which was kind of nice. I got the run of the shop and mm-hmm. I could geek out on my own. <laughs> what it, I've heard it's pretty overpriced for some of the stuff. Did you notice that? As far um, as like figures and stuff for like basics were like 25 bucks or something. Honestly, I didn't look at the price of figures because yeah. I wouldn't go there to shop for figures. Mm-hmm. I would expect they'd be overpriced. I got a couple t-shirts and the t-shirts we're probably twenty twenty five, which yeah, is what standard. I expect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for figures, yeah, the figures are going to be overpriced because I think they buy them on the regular market and have to resell them at a profit. So that what wouldn't a, surprise me. What about to uh, the the Funko Pops? You got any of those? I have just a couple that were given to me as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um. As far as collecting them, I, I prefer my wrestlers to look more realistic. Um. But those yeah. two hold a nice place for. Who got them for me? Which ones do you have? I'll give you a guess. Who do you think I have? I'm going to go with Hogan and Flair. Close. Hogan and Macho Man. I got okay. the Mega Powers. Okay. Perfect. And can I say, can I cut a promo on, on the, the Hogan one? The Hogan one drives me nuts because it's like, it's it's an amalgamation of like classic Hogan and current Hogan. And that just drives my OCD crazy. Well, if you had the NWO one, it would have been perfect, because that one was, was in line with NWO Hogan. Very good. My, I didn't uh, even know they had one. It was actually an exclusive. If you bought the WWE 2K video game, it was like a the deluxe okay. package. And uh, nice. my co-host Eric's a huge collector, and I had it, and I just gave it to him. Like, you you like this more than I do. You can have it. I knew he wasn't going to sell it. He was going to take it out and appreciate it, so I gave it to him. Um, good man. I've got a handful of them, too, and... I like looking at them in the stores, but like every time I go to buy one, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with this. Like it's just going to sit on my shelf. So I usually pass, but I do have a handful. I think I have like six or seven of them of of the wrestling yeah. ones. I'll be honest. I've, I've held Andre a few times and thought, you know, this would look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But whenever I hold on to it, I think to myself, I'm like, where am I going to put it? If I buy this, I know I'm going to try to build a ring that's in scale to these guys, <laughs> and now I'm just getting ridiculous. So let's stick to the already ridiculous stuff that I'm into. I like how the cutoff is is uh, toys with no mouth and 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 big bright eye, or big black eyes is your cutoff for ridiculousness. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, your... I actually I was speaking with a friend about about the line, and apparently the reason why they have that that strange likeness is they can get around a lot of the likeness rights of different franchises. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'd imagine they at some point have partnered up with all these people because, you know, they get the WWE logos and stuff on it, but that's an interesting right. thing to consider. Like for, for example, if they get the star Wars line, they can just buy the rights to do the characters instead of going through Mark Hamill or mm-hmm. Harry Fisher to get face likeness rights since they're not actually doing their face. So what's weird about the star Wars line of Funkos. I don't know if you, I'm sure you probably didn't know this as a collector of them, but they're actually technically bobbles. Like they are not tr- true Funko Pops. All the heads bobble. It's a weird oh, they're bobble heads. It's a weird like something weird with Disney and whatever, but it's they have to be bobble heads. They look exactly the same, but if you touch their heads, they're actually bobble heads. Interesting. Mhm. What about um actual rings? So we've talked about making custom rings and 
I mentioned a while ago, I, I used your advice in setting a what scale ring to get. I ended up getting the one from uh, a ring or wrestling ringside collectibles. Yeah, the wicked cool toys one. Yeah. Yeah, I went from ringside collectibles and I ended up getting the the cage ring combo and it was like forty five bucks, which was a pretty damn good deal. But for some reason, shipping was shipping was twenty. So either way, it was cheaper than going to Toys R Us. Uh, you've got the a couple different ones I, I see. You've got the the one from Wrestling Superstore. Is that one a little bit huh. different? You what, why don't you just go over? Because you're more of an expert than I am. The difference is between the like ring from say WrestlingSuperstore.com and the one you can typically get at, at your local toy store. Okay, so I might get into a little too much detail. So if you want to stop me, stop no, me. No, and, and details <laughs> important. I love well, people that would listen to this particular show about collecting are going to want to know like what's the difference in details because the de- you mentioned to me the details and they didn't matter as much to me as they do to you. So that's why I went with what I did. But they are differences, so you can go ahead and say what they are. Okay, so I'm going to start with the Wrestling Superstore ring, um, which actually, and they don't claim this, but <laughs> as a self-proclaimed ring expert, I'm going to say it's the exact same ring as the Jax real scale ring that came out around, I can tell you it was 2005 when they released their first real scale ring. Um, that is my all-time favorite ring for a number of reasons. One is the size. I like the size. It's about an inch, inch and a half smaller on each side than the, the ring that you have, the Wicked Cool Toys ring. Um, the Wicked Cool Toys ring is also a clone of Mattel's original ring, which was referred to as the Elite Scale ring. So those two rings are pretty much the exact same. So that's one of the main differences is the size. Uh, your ring has about an inch and a half bigger on each side. The other main difference is the ring posts. Mm-hmm. So the ring, the ring posts on the ring that I have, the, uh, the jacks or the wicked cool toys ring are die cast metal on the top. The bottom pieces are plastic, but they're a lot smaller diameter than your ring posts. Your ring posts are pretty bulky and big. Um, Turnbuckle pads and yes. turnbuckles. That's another difference. And so the turnbuckle is the actual piece of hardware with two hooks and a screw on it. On the Jacks Wicked or the Jacks Wrestling Superstore version, it's an actual functioning turnbuckle. It's got two hooks that screw in and you can tighten or loosen the ropes with each one, mm-hmm. which is mind blowing to me. <laughs> Uh, the one on your version, it's also die-cast metal, but it doesn't actually turn, which is okay. I mean, it's not that big of a difference, but those little details matter a lot to me. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the turnbuckle pads on the uh, Mattel, uh, I'm getting lost with the words, the Mattel or the version that you have, those turnbuckle pads are rubber, and that's the only downside is they, they have a rubber look but they actually look a lot cleaner than the actual foam padded ones. So if you prefer foam versus rubber, that's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, the, the Jack style ring, the ring skirts are attached to the canvas in your ring. The canvas and the ring skirts are a separate thing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that Finley spot where he would kind of get a guy trapped between the, the ring skirt and the canvas, you can do that on your ring, but you can't do that with a typical uh, Jax Russell Superstore. Yeah, I do. I do like. There's a couple things on the ring that you like more. The, the Wick, not the Wick Cool Toys, the one from uh, Wrestling Superstore, particularly the turnbuckles because they are 
they're not the rubber plastic ones like that come with the uh, uh, the one I got from Rest- Ringside right. Collectibles. I, I, you, I'm getting confused between the two of them. What was funny is when I got the ring, my I asked my wife because I was watching videos like of people putting it together, and there was a lot of people complaining like how much of a pain in the ass it was to put the turnbuckles on for the ring I got from Wrestling Superstore, or I'm sorry, not from Wrestling, from Ringside Collectibles. And sure. I told my wife that I'm like, I get frustrated easily building stuff. So I was like, just do this for me. You know, it's part of my present, my birthday or anniversary present, whatever it was. I remember and, seeing your post where she put it together. Yes, for yes, she did. <laughs> and she, uh, what's funny is after she made it, she's like, yeah, these turnbuckles weren't that hard to do, but I can see how some people who may be a little bit bigger or something and have bigger hands than I do, it would be a pain in the ass because sure, they're, they're sure. tiny little pins, basically. But for her, it was simple. So I was happy she. She did it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it, a, a fun little tip too. If you prefer those cloth turnbuckle pads, you can buy just the turnbuckle pads. They sell them at Wrestle Superstore, mm-hmm. and they will fit just as well on the ring that you have. So they're interchangeable either way. That is good to know. At some point, I, I've got so much other stuff that I'm trying to get over there. Is I'm collecting. Uh, different uh, tapes and DVDs I'm trying to get that are rare, and now I've kind of opened up Pandora's box of going back to old New Japan stuff, which is kind of was a dumb idea by me because now I'm so far behind on stuff. But I'm I'm seeing all these awesome matches I've never seen before, and it's and it's nice to uh, have different options for wrestling. And the name of our show obviously is the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, and there's stuff that we all hate, and there's annoying stuff on TV and and etc. But there's so much good stuff out there to talk about. That's what we focused on, and. Obviously, one of the things we're focusing on is collecting and guys like us spending money on stupid shit and people wondering <laughs> what the deal is. And nobody gets it until, you know, you talk to other people that do collect. Have you been to any conventions or cons or anything like that looking for stuff? Um, yeah, I've been through to a handful of cons. I actually, before I got into wrestling, my first love was, was Ghostbusters. Okay. And I started a group when I lived in Philadelphia called the Call Ourselves the Philadelphia Ghostbusters. We had costumes and the replica proton packs and we'd go in the streets dressed up and collect money for different charities and things like that. And through that work, we actually went to a number of conventions in the Philadelphia area. So I've been through a handful of wizard worlds and recently I went to RetroCon in the greater Philadelphia area. Did you find any cool stuff at these things, or just is basically just even with Ghostbusters, or was it just to to meet up with people and check out their stuff? Yeah, at RetroCon, I got a couple new items. I got um, at this point in my collection, I have almost everything from the past that I want, but I did find the Hasbro. You remember the second Macho Man in Hasbro, the Macho King? Yes. Okay, so they made a another version of him that didn't come with the crown where it said Macho Man on the back of his tights. Okay. Instead of Macho King, it's the exact same figure. That's the only difference is King is substituted for man. Mm-hmm. I found that in a loose bin for a few bucks, so I picked that up. And I got just a couple a couple magnets with the um, video game art of WrestleFest and the old WWF Superstars game. What is one thing, you're bringing up that WrestleFest Arcade made me think of this. Uh, what's one thing, if you have unlimited funds, you can purchase one item that is normally way too expensive for you to get that you've been trying to collect, what's that oh. going to be for you? You get one item, it doesn't matter the cost, wrestling-related, that you normally would never afford or would never spend that type of money on. 
Well, I don't think there is one item I wouldn't spend the money on. <laughs> but you got to pick. You can only pick one as a thing. Okay. Here's the one thing. As soon as you brought up WrestleFest, I went with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go against WrestleFest. As much as I love WrestleFest, I can get an emulator and play WrestleFest. Yeah. If I could have one like strange item that's going to be kind of out of my price range, it's going to be the Royal Rumble pinball machine. That is, you just brought back a flashback of memories for me when we used to play that at the movie theater. It was called the it was the Dollar Movie Theater, or it was uh, yeah. the Dollar Dollar Movies, and beforehand you just play Royal Rumble pinball. Yeah, absolutely. Those oh, are I, crazy. I've seen them every once in a while on eBay pop up, but they're incredibly expensive. Like incredible. And the thing that the thing that scares me about them, I mean, I'm a big fan of pinball in general. I'm not good, but if I had the space, I'd have a pinball collection. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of the maintenance of them because right. I know there's things that go wrong. It's a it's a physical game. Things break, so that's what kind of steers me away from it too. Yeah, I'd say this isn't necessarily what I would. I could get this now. It's not. I've seen it on eBay for a few hundred bucks. It's the WWF uh, tabletop hockey game. With the wrestlers, yes. that's what I would get. I would love that, and I didn't even know that existed when I was a kid. Because if I did, I definitely would have asked for it for Christmas. Um, but it's just so funny to me, like like the wrestlers playing hockey, and I wish like someone could customize that like with the bubble checks game, like the giant one. Oh with wrestlers. yes, that would be my ideal one if I could make something up. I grew up near Canada, so that game was like a big deal where I grew up. Yeah. yeah the, the, the wrestling hockey game is ridiculous, especially like who they use. They had like Earthquake mm-hmm. in a singlet with a hockey stick. Yeah, and then I think Jake the Snake's like stick was a, a snake or something like that. And then it was okay, awesome. cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah, the bubble checks thing was huge here. Uh, the Blackhawks are good now in Chicago, but for a while they were bad. But in the early '90s, they were awesome, and hockey was really big here, along with with the Bulls. And those bubble check machines were everywhere. And my dad. Would my uncle would go to like a bar to watch the baseball game, and I tag along with him, and I'd get to he'd give me like five bucks to go play bubble hockey or pinball for a few hours, leave him alone. <laughs> nice. So if a good friend of mine, he's actually he's just getting into wrestling, but he's always been a big Sergeant Slaughter fan. Okay. And in randomly. his Sergeant Slaughter collection, he has the the Sergeant Slaughter hockey player, just the hockey player. Yeah. From, that's it. Did you have any of the? Now this is like random toys. So like I used to get. Well, my mom would take me to the store every once in a while to ask for a toy. And if it was on clearance, like if it was like a crappy toy, she'd be like, that's fine, whatever. You know, it's four or five bucks. Do you remember it was the Jack Specific, the grudge match? It was the little ring, like the tiny, tiny ring, and two, like, wrestlers that looked like cartoons based. There was Owen Hart and Austin and Bret Hart. Yeah, they looked, like they, were, they looked like they were mutants. Yeah, yeah, I had that. They had one. no necks. They were gigantic. Right, but for me it was so cool. Like, oh, this comes with the ring. I can have matches with these guys, and I did. What about you? Is there any, like, random stuff from when you were a kid or even looking back, like, oh, I had this. I, I wish I could get it now again. You know what? One quality that I have as a person I've always had is I'm pretty standard and I'm pretty loyal. Uh-huh. I was like that with my toys, too. So yep. if I bought a toy, chances are I was going to keep it. I was going to keep decent condition. I was going to keep it forever. So the stuff I had from a kid, even if I got out of playing it, I packed it up nice, put it in the attic, and I still have that stuff today. Yep. Um, that specific line that you refer to, mm-hmm. I wasn't into that stuff. Even at that time, I didn't go into the sub lines. I liked the main line, the the more realistic stuff that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, for me, 
a lot of the stuff I didn't get rid of everything, but I did get rid of a handful of stuff just because it was just broken. I play with it so much it was broke. So I was keeping it in my closet. I'm like, this stuff is literally broken in pieces. I'm not going to keep this anymore. And looking back, I should have just tried to glue it together or something. But at the time, you know, I think it was 18 or 19. I'm like, I got to get rid of this stuff. And I took a break from wrestling from probably from the time I was 16 or 17 up until I was 24 or so. So I took a bit of a break there. Um, yeah. Watching it casually stuff like that. I can probably count on like two fingers the number of things that I've broken. I can tell you right now, the first <laughs> thing I broke was Hasbro Smash. His uh-huh. arm fell off. I don't know why. Uh-huh. But luckily, Hasbro Smash came in singles form and tag team form, so uh-huh. I had an extra one. And the other thing I broke was that awful Hasbro Ric Flair. Uh, that one was when, so I, when I made him do the, the side headlock, uh-huh. I apparently put him on someone with long hair and his arm wasn't strong enough to hold the guy in a headlock and his arm fell off. Yeah. With his weird face and the new Hasbro Ric Flair that Mattel's coming out with looks amazing. So I'm pretty pumped about that one. Yes. I'm calling that the redemption flair. (laughs) Even none of your Hasbro, like their fingers, none of their fingers broke because all my fingers, like the Hogan body slam, the doink, the clomp, they got fingers sticking out. Their fingers are broke for me. No, I took care of my stuff. I do have a couple spikes that are off Legion of Doom, but Mm -hmm. Other than that, I mean, there's paint wear, there's some sure. marks because, I mean, I was a kid, but other than that, everything's pretty good. With this Hasbro thing, the, the Hasbro Retro Series, I guess you can call it, that Mattel came out with, I thought that was yeah. awesome that they came out with it. I got super excited for it. I didn't buy all of them. I just bought a couple of them, and I recently just bought Austin the Rock. I had to, I finally broke down and bought it online because no Walmart within 20 miles of me apparently has these things. Um, but I was glad they brought those back. Is there anything that you would want to come back, like in a, a retro series from either Mattel or or whoever, um, for a toy that they haven't done yet? Um, I'm I like that retro line. For me, the only ones I'm going to purchase are characters that fit in the Hasbro era. So I'm kind of limited with that stuff. I love the ring that they showed. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. Yeah, is that officially um, coming out, or was that like a, a prototype? Because I was curious about that, because I'm excited about it too, but is it real or what? Well, I saw a, an interview with uh, Bill from Mattel from Ringside Fest, and they asked him when it was coming out, and he was like, he wasn't sure, but he thinks in the next year. So it sounds like it's going to be a legit thing. So, um, Something that hasn't come out, gosh, I don't know, maybe, maybe a Mattel retro classic steel cage that would be cool yeah yeah they, there's plenty of custom ones out there but it'd be cool to get yes. a uh, an official one it's funny you mentioned that you're only getting the ones that would fit in that era i'm kind of the opposite because i want to create with photos or whatever with my old hasbro's and these new ones like fantasy mashups like sure. I, I have a bret, yeah, hart, I get that. bret hart kevin owens thing i had up set up for a little while and uh-huh. Like a John Cena versus like IRS or something like that. Something that's never going to happen, but just just stuff like that. The thing I don't like yeah. about the new Hasbro's is they're not they're not true like spring loaded ones. Like the Kevin Owens, for example, he does like an arm smash, but his arms don't arms don't have the spring in it like his waist does. So that's kind of yeah. It's more of the uh, he has more of the um, Andre Akeem. American yeah. Dream action. Yeah, and then like Cena to, and like Lesnar too, like he has the press slam, but it's his body that moves, not his arms. And right, that's pro- probably yeah. for more playability for kids, I hope, I would assume for kids or maybe adults. 
but that just kind of bugs me a little bit. And, sure. And that, that's interesting because the only two I have, I have the Undertaker, Warrior, mm-hmm. and I got Triple H, so yep. I don't have a lot of those poses. With the uh, Hasbro, the original Hasbro rings, I, when I was a kid, had like a knockoff Hasbro ring. But then oh, when I got nice. older, it's it's it broke. There like a hole. In it. I think like I stepped on it one day. There was a big hole in it. Um, okay, let me let me pause ahead. you for a Go second ahead. because I too, as a kid, as I said, I got into wrestling from series two of Hasbro's, and I had a hard time finding the ring. So my first ring was also kind of a bootleg ring. Mm-hmm. Describe your bootleg ring to me. What did it look like? It was blue. Did it have like kind of thin ring posts? It, I don't remember this. It was. It looked pretty similar to the WWF Hasbro ring. However, there was no sticker in the middle. The sticker in the middle was an American flag, and there it didn't. The, it didn't come with like a, a flag, or there was no announce table attached to it or anything. It was still blue, and the ropes were red, white, and blue. But it was like a baby okay. blue, like a super, super light baby, baby blue. Okay. Did it come with a sound module or anything like that? No, no, no. It did not. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm guessing yours yeah, did. <laughs> mine came with a sound module. Um, let me geek out for a second. My first wrestling ring was, it was a generic wrestling ring. It was called the Superstars Broadcast Wrestling Ring. And it didn't last long because the ring posts were so dainty and small that they snapped quite easily. And the one thing that really annoyed me about it is it came with two red ropes and a white rope. And I spent years with my mom in craft stores looking for blue elastic and could not find it. <laughs> See, when you were younger, you were obsessed with this type of stuff. Yeah, even when I was younger. Yeah, I had a I had a touch of a disorder or two, you could say. <laughs> so the ring that I had, I didn't find out until years later, was actually the same mold that they used for the LJN Bendy's ring. Okay. It's the exact same ring, and they used that mold again years later um, during the Monday Night Wars, WCW released that ring with toy bits. The mm-hmm. same ring, only it had different ring posts. Fast forward a few years later, the same ring was released by Jax, um, a WWE-branded ring. It was kind of their uh, their kind of bargain store, like cheap, maybe $5, $10 ring. Mm-hmm. So I always found it interesting that that ring was released by Classic WWF, Jack's WWE, WCW, and as a generic ring. Well, some somebody had the mold and just kept copying. Like no one's noticing. Let's keep making money off of this. <laughs> exactly. I had the when I did get my ring though, I got the yellow ring, which is now incredibly rare and incredibly expensive. If I ever want one, which drives right. me nuts because I also broke that ring during a move. It got smashed <laughs> on a box and just cracked in half. Um, oh, okay. See, I'm a wrestling fan. When you said buy a move. No. I thought you like broke it with a wrestling move with your fingers. I'm like, what did you do to break that ring with yeah. Hasbro fingers? It was uh, uh, the su- the ring collapse, like they do the suplex sometimes. Two super heavy rings. <laughs> uh, but I opened it up and I just I just said, oh fuck. And I think I I think my uh, my girlfriend now my wife at the time was like, what 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 happened? I'm like, I broke this ring and she didn't get she's like whatever it's a toy you know and now if you want that ring new it like in a decent shape i'm looking at 400 bucks like minimum and it drives me nuts because that was my ring i love that yellow ring and i know it, it's stupid and all that but i loved the yellow ring when i was a kid 
Sure, you got a lot of good memories attached to it. I remember so many flag matches. So many flag matches. <laughs> I remember going to the store was Ames when I was a kid mm-hmm. and seeing that ring, and it seemed like they had like a whole shelf full of them. Yep. And it was kind of at the end of the Hasbro line, and I looked at it. I'm like, okay, the WWF has never had a yellow ring. It's kind of dumb. I don't really like it. It's fifteen twenty bucks, which is a lot of money for. 10, 11 year old me. And I said, you know what? They don't have anything else I want. It's my birthday. I'm going to buy it. And I bought it and I never really used it much. So I have it and it's in pretty great shape. Well, I'm jealous. So congratulations on having a yellow <laughs> ring with a belt and the black, uh, the black and red flag and all that stuff. I, to me, the yellow ring made sense because I'm like, oh, the king of the rings, yellow. And it just, it just made sense to me. So I, I loved the it. Only thing, the only thing I really used it for, to be honest, was I liked having the second belt. Mm-hmm. I loved the WWF logo flag. I would put that on my blue ring with the American flag, and I would use it from time to time if I was going to recreate WrestleMania 9 because that was, like, yellow in my kid mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up now with one more question, or I guess talking point. So I'm in my room right now, and I'm looking at this random thing I have as far as collectibles or merchandise, whatever you want to call it. It's the Stone Cold Steve Austin wallet that came out in 97 with the chain wallet because you know you got to have the chain and i bought it at a wwf house show because i think i had like like 10 bucks and that's like what i could afford at there and it was the wallet so sure. that's like my awesome wallet that i used to have and i actually lost it but i found another one on ebay so i rebought it and it's in great it's pretty much brand new uh what's one random stupid thing not necessarily a collectible or whatever that you still have from when you were a kid or you went back and got that, that you like, are you, you're, you're un, I'm trying to think of the word undescribably are like, or love still. Okay. Let me think for a minute. Yeah, it's kind of, a, kind of a random question, but I wanted to throw no, you off a little bit. That's a good question. Um, as I look at my stuff right now, I just want to check if I'm only going to pick one. Can be anything. Can be, uh, like I said, a wallet or a watch or, or a squirt gun or a squirty head or whatever. So I'll go to my first, the first time I ever saw WWF show live. I had seen one independent show before that, and then WWF was coming near to near where I lived. So I got tickets with my friend, and we went. And it was actually the, uh, it was a Monday Night Raw taping on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. which kind of blew my mind because <laughs> everything I saw on TV at that time was live. I didn't realize that they pre-taped Monday Night Raw on a Sunday, not only a couple episodes at a time. And it was when uh, Lex Luger was chasing Yokozuna and he signed the contract for SummerSlam. Okay, okay. So at the end of that show, the first thing I bought was a pair of Hitman shades, Naturally. which were, I think they were six bucks at the time which I thought was ridiculously expensive as a kid, but looking back now, they're very valuable. At the end of the show, we're leaving the arena, and I'm walking by the merchandise stand, and I have a few dollars left. I put down my $4, and I got the foam hacksaw Jim Duggan 2x4. Now that's not the the original one. (laughs) The original one actually was like wood-colored. Yeah. By the time that I got it, they were red foam hacksaw Jim Duggan two by fours, which looks ridiculous, but 
Well, I still display it. Probably. That is something I think you could get him to sign for if you ever meet Hacksaw, because that's not something he had. I think if you ever meet him, <laughs> I've met Hacksaw actually, before. Nicest guy ever, by the way. I actually have met him, and mm-hmm. I had him sign a real two by four. I didn't bring the foam one. I don't know. I don't know how well those foam things would be autographed. You know, you'd have to use a, a really thick paint pen and have him just sign <laughs> it really slowly. When I when I saw him, um, I saw him at Access a few years ago. And then he took the time to talk to us, show us all fame ring, et cetera. And he's done sighting since then. Like he did one at my local mall like last year. And he brings his own mini two by fours for people to, to buy off of him. So he knows what's up. Yes. Yes. I actually, I mean, I'm not going to take credit for it. Uh-huh. But like 10 years ago, I found his website and I decided I wanted an autograph hacksaw Jim Duggan two by four. I said, is there any way I can get this? If I can't, it's okay. I think you could get a lot of people to buy these things if you brought two by fours to sign. <laughs> I never heard back from the guy, but wow, I like he, to think it was mine. He does. Super nice guy. So we'll end on that yeah. note and a nice positive meeting wrestler story. You know, we can go on for another hour, I'm sure, about stuff. So maybe maybe sometime uh, in a few weeks, maybe a little before WrestleMania season, I'll have you come back on and we'll talk about some WrestleMania memories or something like that from growing up, from renting the old WrestleMania tapes to watching them, all that stuff. Sounds like a plan. Absolutely. Love to. All right, guys. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at Ringskirts. Uh, give him a follow. Give him likes on all his photos. If you like anything wrestling-related, you won't be disappointed. You'll be blown away by his belt collection, his toy collection, the Bret Hitman Hart stand-up, and the random flags you have around the, as well. I'm a big fan of those. Very good. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much to our buddy at Ringskirts for coming on. Hope you guys enjoyed that talk. I know I did, talking about ridiculous stuff from Stone Cold Steve Austin wallets to generic Hasbro rings to details in the Macho Man Ultimate Warrior match. Macho King Ultimate Warrior match. Speaking of details, he wasn't Macho Man, it was Macho King. Thanks again for coming on. Follow him on Twitter, guys, at Ringskirts. If you listen to him on the show, let him know you liked him on the show. And any feedback you guys have for us is great. I do love all the interaction we have on Twitter from all of our listeners um, talking about favorite Halloween Havoc matches or whatever else, or cheesy moments or or whatever it is. It's how I get inspiration or or ideas for show topics sometimes. And when doing the show for, this is our 33rd episode and I really appreciate everyone that's come on and, and, uh, and listen to the show or come on to the show. We've had wrestlers on, we've had regular fans on, we've had writers on, we've had, you know, old school fans, new school fans. It's been a lot of fun and I really want to keep that going uh, next week there will be, well, today's Friday, so this will technically be next week's show. I'm going to put it out today, but I'm traveling for work next week. I'm out all next week, but I will be on Twitter. I'm sure I'll be bored and at the airport and stuff like that. So tweet me, talk wrestling, talk collecting, all the other stuff. That's it for our show this week. As a reminder, as always, follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast and iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. And I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning, but... If you want to email us an audio question or comment or just a written statement in long form, ppwpodcast at gmail.com and whatamaneuver.net if you want to support us by picking up that I Never Complain Online t-shirt. That's all we have, guys. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>